Welcome to Abergavenny Baptist Church. Life, faith, together. The Bible reading is from 1 Corinthians 11 and in verse 20 to 26. When you come together, it's not the Lord's Supper you eat. For as you eat, each of you goes ahead without waiting for anyone else. One remains hungry, another gets drunk. Don't you have homes to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God and humiliate those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you for this? Certainly not. For I receive from the Lord what I also pass on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this. Whenever you drink it, in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Today is Remembrance Sunday, the day that we remember those who made the ultimate sacrifice for their country, lest we forget. We remember the brave who gave their lives so we could live ours. And with the war in Ukraine and many people within our church taking in refugees into their homes, and with the ongoing conflict in between Israel and Hamas, it all seems a little closer to home and a little bit more real this year. We're also mindful of the war going on in Myanmar and Afghanistan, Yemen, Ethiopia, and others. And so we remember, lest we forget. And we do not remember merely for memory's sake. The act of remembrance forms a community, forms a nation's self-identity. The act of remembrance is very powerful in forming and shaping a community. And there's also the hope that through remembrance, we will learn from the past and say, never again. Brian Manford says that there are a number of ways in which we remember. Firstly, there's the proud national remembrance, which is represented by wreath-laying, waving of national flags, the marching of cadets and servicemen and servicewomen. It's our way of honoring those who have made the ultimate sacrifice. Our way of showing respect and gratitude. 
For some, it's merely recognizing society's debt to those who have done their duty as part of the armed forces. For others, it's deeply personal. The parent, the spouse, the children of those who have lost their lives or who are now disabled or suffering the mental trauma as a result of war. Secondly, there's sympathetic remembrance. While nothing can truly and fully capture the relentless, horrific intensity of battle, no film, no book, no picture, we try as best we can to sympathize, to try and understand and feel the trauma of battle and the loss of loved ones. Then thirdly, there's penitent remembrance. When we remember that a political decision has resulted in mass destruction and the loss of lives, we should ask ourselves, how on earth did we let that happen? We should ask that question about the generation of young British and German men who lost their lives through the world wars. We should be asking that question about the ongoing conflict in Ukraine and Israel. And we certainly should be asking that question about the loss of all the innocent victims who have lost their, war, their lives as a result of war, the so-called collateral damage. And we should say, Never again. And as Christians, we are bound to look at this question in the light of Jesus' apparent pacifism. His command to turn the other cheek and to love your enemy. Remembrance Day also reminds us that the world is divided. Nation against nation. Tribe against tribe. Language group against language group. And we should be penitent over these divisions. For in Jesus there is unity. People of all nations and all tribes and all languages and all racial groups worshipping together. But as Christians we, we come to remembrance when we come to remembrance, we remember within a, the context of a greater memorial, a greater remembrance day, the death of Jesus, which we've just celebrated by taking communion together, the Lord's Supper. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 24 to 25, twice, Paul says, that Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. When we celebrate the Lord's Supper, we look back and remember that Jesus died for us. That God became a human and experienced 
pain and suffering and death for us. God knows the suffering of those killed in battle, the pain of victims and loved ones as a result of war because God too experienced the hollow pit of God-forsakenness. In verse 24, Jesus says, This is my body, which is for you. God suffers with us and for us. God is a God who feels the wounds of hatred and violence. And yet, it's by his wounds that we are healed. Jesus came to die to overcome evil and hatred in the world, to bring peace. Jesus died in order to break down all the walls, all the barriers that divide us, be that nationalistic walls, language walls, social class walls, tribal walls. He died to bring peace and unity and harmony. And this peace and this unity and harmony is only found in Jesus. You see, real and lasting peace will never be able to accomplish and gain real and lasting peace through armed struggle. It's only found through love, forgiveness, and reconciliation that is found in Jesus. And so we remember, lest we forget. But when we come to the Lord's Supper, we don't just look back and remember Jesus' death, but we also look forward to his return. In verse 26, we read, For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. When we look around at the world, and especially on Remembrance Day, when we remember those who have died as a, as a result of war, or have lost loved ones as a result of war, and particularly when we focus on all those innocent victims, women and children who have lost their lives as a result of ongoing conflicts, our hearts should be broken. There should be an outcry from within us that says, it shouldn't be like this. But we have a hope. We have a hope that when Jesus returns... There will be no more evil and hatred, no more wars or fighting, no more suffering or death, but rather peace and unity and harmony. And we get a glimpse of this in, in Revelation chapter 7 and verse 9, which says, After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb. And they were wearing white robes and 
holding palm branches in their hands. And in verse 16 and 17 we read, Never again, never again will they hunger. Never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat upon them, nor any scorching heat. For the Lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And it's through looking back at Jesus' death and remembering that Jesus died to break all the walls that divide us. And through looking forward to Jesus' return when there will be no more division but international peace and unity and harmony amongst all people. It should transform us and change us and shape us as a community. It should change the way we think and act now in the present. We should be a community that reflects this peace, that works for and prays for peace and forgiveness and reconciliation between all people. Israeli and Palestinian, Ukrainian and Russian. You see, there's a potential danger with Remembrance Day, a potential danger of creating a negative form of nationalism, whereby we don't merely take pride in our nation, but we start to think we're better than other nations, or we even start to hate the other. The Welsh versus the English. The British versus the Germans. The West versus the East. And so on. And therefore on Remembrance Day we remember those who paid the ultimate sacrifice for their country. But we do so in the context of a greater memorial. The death of Jesus. Who died so that there would be no wars. No division, no death. Who died to create one new community that transcends national, racial, tribal, and language barriers. Therefore, on this Remember Sunday, we come before God with penitence, for the world is not the way It should be. And we confess the prejudices in our own heart and ask for forgiveness. For the Christian gospel compels us to think again and again how we can beat our sword into a plowshed. The Christian gospel compels us to proclaim the virtues of peace, reconciliation, and negotiation. This does not dishonor or diminish the sacrifice of those who have died. It is not in any sense to be ungrateful, but rather it advocates the very thing that they were ironically fighting for, lasting peace. Let's pray. Heavenly Father,
I name Israel, Gaza, Myanmar, Afghanistan, Ukraine, Yemen, and Ethiopia before you now. And ask you to bring peace to these nations. And in all the other conflicts around the world. Jesus, Prince of Peace. We heal to your incomparably great love. We ask for forgiveness for any prejudice or hatred in our heart. May you bring healing and forgiveness. And may your love and peace flow through us to others, especially to those who are suffering. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit our website, abgavenibaptist.co.uk.